How y'all feeling today? You guys alive? Come on, you awake? I want to welcome everyone at our Lancaster campus watching. Hey, man, you know today is going to be such a good day because I got my sexy specs on. And um, I, I just, the stuff we're going to talk about today, I just feel like these make me look smarter. And I'm think, hoping that maybe it'll help you out a little bit with it. No, I'm, I'm just messing around. But, you know, we are in a series called Coexist. And how many of you have seen the coexist symbol before? Raise your hand, whether on the back of a car, just seen it online. Like most of us have seen this symbol called coexist. It's, a, it's an eclectic bunch of, of different religious symbols, social symbols that are kind of organized into the word. And the, the basic idea behind this collection of symbols is to say, though we're so different, Maybe in what we believe, different religions, different belief systems. Though we're different, the, the question that's really being asked is, can't we just coexist? Can't we live together in harmony, though we don't agree on very, very big and fundamental things? And, and though I don't agree with all of the symbols and the things represented in that word coexist and the way it's used, I will say this, the idea behind it I think it's something every follower of Jesus should embrace. He said, what do, you, what do I mean? Well, I'm just saying this idea of can't we live together in peace even though we don't agree? And here's why I say that. Because a guy named Paul, who was a follower of Jesus, he encouraged other followers of Jesus in something he wrote in Romans 12, verse 18. Here's what he said. He said, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you... Do what? Everybody say it out loud with me. Live at peace with everyone. Does that mean people that don't look like me? Does that mean people that don't think like me? Is that people who don't believe what I believe? Yeah. As far as it's possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. So I feel like as Christ followers, we're called to embrace this idea. I'm going to live at peace with somebody that doesn't believe what I believe. Now, that's easier said than done. Because let's be honest, we live in a world that is filled with anything but peace. So much unrest in our world today, isn't there? Like if you think about it, just look at the news and what's on the headlines. There's violence everywhere in the world. There, there's uh, terrorism like is running rampant all over the world. You can go look and you'll find some terrorist thing happening nearly daily in the world. There, there's civil unrest and nations fighting and and it seems like our world is anything but peaceful. I, I get it. And the truth is, that has really even invaded our country. In fact, something I believe shifted socially, culturally, everything in our country on September 11th, 2001. You all know that day if you were around. If you're too young, you may not. But it was a significant day in human history, or in the U.S. at least, where there were a group of people that hijacked some airplanes, used them as weapons to fly into different, you know, structures in the U.S. soil. And it was greatest act of terrorism, violence that we've seen on U.S. soil. And listen, here's the crazy thing. It wasn't just the greatest act of violence that's happened on U.S. soil, but listen to this. It was done at the hands of of religious people religious people and so something I believe shifted in our culture in that moment 
that really has propelled us or has pushed us as a culture, as a nation, in a direction where, listen, where I believe that religion and even God have been put on the witness stand. In fact, modern thinkers today, modern scientists today, you know what they're saying? They're really coming together and they're saying, do you know what we think the problem is in our world today? We think the problem is religion. That religion is the source of strife. That religion is the source of so much violence. that, That when you see all these things going on, that maybe religion is the issue and so some incredible thinkers scientists um, have have begun after september 11 2001 and i believe many who would have classified themselves as atheists have shifted to a perspective that is anti-theists uh, i don't know if you've ever heard of some of these people um sam harris have you ever heard of sam harris sam harris um was an atheist um who wrote a book in 2004 called The End of Faith. End of Faith. Like, hey, faith as we know it is ended. Like, these people are writing and what they do, trying to dismantle any kind of religion and any version of God that goes with it. And they would say this, that it's not one religion is a problem. They would say all religion is a problem. Have you heard of Richard Dawkins? Richard Dawkins wrote a book after September 11th called The God Delusion, where where he went so far as not just to say, I'm an atheist and this is what I believe and I don't believe in a God, but to say those who do have fallen into a delusion in what they believe. And so he's trying to pick apart what religion provides. And people like Christopher Hitchens, who, who wrote a book, God is not great. And, and these people, they, they come to this conclusion that there's a problem in our world, and they're saying the problem is religion. Now, here's what's happened because of that. Because of that, there's been a huge number of people in the last almost two decades that have pushed away from religion, and now they classify themselves in a new category. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. There's a new category for people who are rejecting the idea of religion and potentially even God they're called nuns, N-O-N-E-S. Some of you are thinking, okay, the little women will wear the black and white outfits. Is that, that's not what we're talking about. It's important because, you know, if you, some of you might be that. You might say, I'm a nun. Hey, make sure you spell that for most people because they will think something different. Nuns. In other words, here's what it is. People are saying, I have no affiliation with religion. Like, if you give me a box and to, to answer a question, a bunch of boxes, multiple choice, what is your religion? Okay, are you Jewish? Are you Buddhist? Are you Muslim? Are you Christian? I'm going to check none of the above. None. It's a new category, and it is a growing category that would include atheists and agnostics and, and secular humanists, and all of this would fit into this category of people that are pushing away from religion and away from ultimately God and 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 here's the thing you got to know it's not a small group surveys say that about 23% of the US population are classifying themselves today as nuns that's millions and millions and millions of American citizens that are saying they're nuns and here's the thing of the younger demographic it's even higher 35% of millennials say they're a nun I, I'm 
pushing away from religion and walking away from it and maybe even walking away from God. And listen, I, I want to just say, I understand to a level why people feel that way. And if you're here today and you feel that way, I, I just want to say I understand. I, I think there have been times when the church has been a very bad representation of God. And people will say, you know what, if that's God, I don't want him. I also think that sometimes things happen in our lives, and I understand why maybe some of you that are here today are in that place or have walked away from a faith. Because maybe some things that you were told when you were young and you were a child just didn't hold up once you got into the scholastic world until you, you had a science professor that said, hey, your belief about this and from the Bible, that's not true. And everything started to unravel. Or maybe you had something traumatic that happened in your life and it was so deep and it hurt so badly that you kind of were left wondering, God, are you there? Maybe, you know, your parents got a divorce. Maybe you lost someone that was close to you that died. And, and, or maybe, maybe you've just looked at the world and you say, there's so much evil. There's so much injustice. Come on, if there's a God... Any real God, why would he allow this? This is what people say. Or maybe you, you prayed and you were told God answers prayer and somebody was sick and then God didn't answer that prayer and you're left to say, wait a minute. I'm not so sure God exists or if he does, I'm not sure he even cares. And what I wanted to say is this. I, I believe with that growing population and percentage, I want to say something that might startle some of you. I believe that there's a large, maybe not large, there is a significant percentage of people in our churches today that this is what they feel. And they won't tell anybody. They won't, don't want anybody else. They don't want to shake the apple cart. They don't want anybody to know that they're struggling, that they have doubts, serious doubts. I just want to say something. If you're here today, someone invited you and says, you got to come this week or... You know, you're, you've been questioning big time and you go, I, I don't know that I even believe there's a God. I want to say something to you. I want to say, first, you are welcome in this community. You are welcome to come with your doubts. You're welcome to come struggle and say, I don't know if I believe. I don't know if I ever will believe. I'm not sure I can believe. I just want to say you're welcome to come and be part of this community. You don't have to, we say, you don't have to believe to belong here. Okay, you, you're welcome to come. But I also want to recognize where this takes you. Today what I want to do is a little bit different. I'm not going to classify this as a sermon. But I want to talk about what is on the other side of faith. You say, okay, here's a worldview where there's faith and there's God. What does it look like for those? And some of you might be in a place where you're like, you are inching. Maybe you're taking big steps in the opposite direction. Or maybe you're here today and you go, I'm not even there where you think I am. I, I, I just, I'm not even sure I believe in God. And I've been researching and I've been reading. And I, I don't know that I can buy God. I don't know that I want religion. I don't know that I want any of it. I think, yeah, it is the problem. And so I wonder if there's some of you that are in that place. I want to talk about what life looks like on the other side of faith. What does it look like? Where are you headed in that regard? And here's the thing. Um, I want to give some, some real cred to one guy that I think is one of the, the most brilliant thinkers of our day. Um, his name is Andy Stanley. He is a pastor. He's somebody I like to listen to. Okay. And I, I know some of you are thinking you're not religious. You're like, wait a minute. He's a pastor. And hey, he is, he's a, he's an incredible thinker. And he did a message a little over a year ago that just kind of grabbed me. 
kind of opened my eyes to the idea, this idea of nuns. It's a growing number potentially in our church. That, and this idea that there are people who are walking away from religion, but maybe don't know what they're walking toward. And I want to talk to you today about the new atheist. Atheism has taken change in the 21st century. And I, and I want to talk about that because I think it's important because some of you go, I don't know that I want religion. And you go, I don't know that I got a worldview with God in it. And then there's other people on the other side that say, wait a minute, I don't believe in a God. And this is my worldview. And I think there's a huge percentage of people that are in this category and maybe stuck between two worlds. And they're going, well, I'm not saying there is no God. But I'm just not sure I really do believe there's a God. So I'm just kind of living in this space. And listen, here's what I, wa I want you to understand. I, I, that's a challenging place to live. Like, I'm not even sure, it, like, how do you do that? Here's this one concept that I just want to give to you today. This is what I'm talking about. And I want you to at least think about that. And that is this. I don't believe that, listen, you can't walk away from something to nothing. You can't do that. You can't walk away from something to no thing. Well, I'm just, I'm just walking to nothing. I don't believe this. I don't believe this. You, you're not doing that. When you walk away from religion, you walk away from God, listen to me, you're walking toward another incredibly complex belief system that, listen, if true, is kind of unsettling. Atheism. Agnostics. Well, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to claim to be an atheist. No, no, no. But if you live in this space where you push away, this is where you are. And listen, here's my goal. I'm not trying to get any of you come back. Come back from the dark side. I'm not doing that. That's not what I'm here to do today. I, I, I'm not trying to convince you that it's wrong. I'm, I'm not doing that. All I, all I want to talk about is what it looks like. That's all I'm, it's not even a sermon. I'm just going to update you on what atheism looks like today in our culture. And here's the reason why I think so many people might be kind of walking toward and taking a step away from religion and God is because what they have heard about God and religion, they would say is unsettling. It's unsettling. Listen, can, can we be honest, real honest today? And I, I'd like to be honest and just say, there are some things about religion and even Christianity that are kind of unsettling. You want to talk about this? It's kind of unsettling. Like, like okay, and I, no, don't, don't stone me, okay? Some of you think, whoa, 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 hold on. But, but I'm just saying, if you were to read through the Bible, there's some things in there that, look, come on, can we say, even in the Christian Bible, kind of unsettling about God, like this idea that, that God would call a people group to go and take a piece of property from another people group and, oh, by the way, wipe out the entire people group. Destroy them all. Genocide. Man, woman, child, animals. Kill them all. Now, whoa, can we not agree? Just for a second. Can we just put aside our front? That's unsettling, isn't it? Kind of. Or that God... This God, this loving God would get so angry at the humanity that he created that he decided at one point, destroy them all with a flood except for one family. Can we say that's a little unsettling? Yeah, I think it's a little unsettling. And so I think there's people today that are going, hold on, you, you tell me i got to take this and this view and this is God and this. And so they're saying, that's unsettling. I'm walking away. I get it, I get it. But I also want you to understand this. 
If you have a world where you remove God and religion, I want to also say that place is also very unsettling to me. I know you, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in God. Hey, listen, though religion has caused wars and though people have said on behalf of God, they've done some kind of pretty atrocious things. I get that. I understand that. But if you were to remove religion, all of it from our world today, you're taking out some really good things. You're, you remove religion, you're removing probably some of the most compassionate people there are on the planet. I'm not talking about one religion. I'm just talking in general. You remove religion. Do you realize you're removing the biggest portion of humanitarian aid that happens in this world? You remember, you realize if you remove religion altogether, you're taking away people who started hospitals. You're taking away people who started orphanages. If you remove religion, I've got to be honest with you and just say, that's a really scary world in itself. Evil running around, do what you want, natural selection, survival of the fittest. That's, that's, that's the world that we have. And I'm not trying to sway you one way. My, my job is I'm not going to try to convert you if you say I'm an atheist. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that today. All I want us to agree on is this. Just because something is unsettling doesn't mean it's not true. Just because something is unsettling doesn't mean it's not true. When it comes to religion, oh, that's so unsettling. It doesn't mean that's not true. When it comes to atheism, doesn't mean, hey, this is unsettling. It doesn't mean it's not true. I'm not arguing. In fact, the, the whole idea of unsettling has nothing to do with the truth test. Nothing at all. So I want to talk about how has it changed? New version of atheism. And I feel like this is something, even if you say, oh, but I'm a person of faith. Why are we talking about this? Because you need to understand this. You need to understand, because you are surrounded by tens, 20 millions of people that are going to a direction. They're saying, I'm not sure I believe in God anymore. Now, I want to give you today three tenets of new atheism. New atheists. Now, uh, um, atheism really has existed for quite a while, but it was really a foundation of science. Mostly scientists, evolutionists that say, hey, Darwin gave us our answer. We don't need God anymore. And listen, next week, we're not going to get science this week, but next week, we're going to talk about faith and science. Can they coexist? So just a little plug. You're going to want to come back for it, okay? Today, what I want to do is I want to talk about the, like, people like Christopher Hitchens and Dawkins and all these people I've been talking about. I'm going to share with you what they're saying atheism is today. Now, listen, I didn't make these up. This is stuff that atheists are saying is the complex belief system when you walk away from religion or from God. I want to give you three of them today in our time. That's all I want to talk about. The first one is this. I call it the illusion of you. The illusion of you. I don't know what you think about you. I don't know how you would describe you. But if somebody were to come to you and they'd say, hey, tell me a little bit about you. Imagine you're on a job interview and they're saying, can you describe you? Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? I'd like to know a little about you. How do you describe you? How do you think about you? Like, do you describe what you see in the mirror? Do you say, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm about six foot and got brown hair and blue eyes and little calves, big pecs. And I don't know. I'm not talking about me. I'm just saying hypothetically, like, how do you describe you? You know what I mean? Like, like, or, or do you say when someone says, tell me a little bit about you, do you kind of describe yourself? Well, you know, I got kind of, I'm like this vast 
kind of network, an arterial system, that, that there's an organ that pushes cells past the lungs, that grabs oxygen, that takes it to the different extremities of my body on a closed loop system that comes back in its way to the lungs so it can take carbon dioxide so it can be exhaled so I don't poison to death. Do you describe you as like that? No, I don't think you do. I don't, you know, we don't talk about that. You know what you'd say? You'd probably say, well, I'm fun and I'm energetic and you know, I'm, 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 I'm outgoing, or I'm an introvert, or I'm athletic, or I'm smart, or, you know, hardworking. That's how you describe you. In other words, most of us would say, like, the you that you see is not the real you. We would say, I have a personality, or some would say, at least in the mind, that that's the you. It's in my brain. It's how it works. Like, that's the you. Or some people of faith will say it this way. they say, but I, the real you is in the soul. You ever heard that? It's like, that's the real you. It's in my soul, right? Here's the thing. If you live in a world where there is no God, then you need to understand something about you. You are nothing more than biology and chemistry. If you live in a world where there is no God, there's no God that started it all, there's no God, you are just biology, you're just chemistry, all being pushed around by the forces of physics. That is you. Just you. But the mind, the soul, the person, no, 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 no. You're just molecular structures. That's you. I know it might seem crazy to some of you, but this is the view of atheism. Christopher Hitchens, a guy I mentioned earlier, he was a journalist, an atheist and a journalist, who died in 2011 from esophageal cancer. Well, really pneumonia, but he battled with esophageal cancer. And Christopher Hitchens wrote a book toward the end of his life, or a little journal, it's a journal of a dying atheist. It was called Mortality. And here's, here's, here's an atheist view of you. And, and so he, he would write, and even the last few chapters of what he wrote were just like a few like words and sentences, and it was hard to understand them because that's how much his body had deteriorated from fighting this, this disease. And in, this, in his writings, he, he recalls like the doctors coming and talking to him about what he's dealing with and he's going through. And so the doctors would, would tell him and say, hey, Christopher, your body is fighting this. Your, your body is going through this. Your, your body is responding to the medication like this. And he said, he said, I had to stop the doctor. And I had to correct him. And I had to tell him, listen, listen, doctor, you don't understand. I don't have a body. I am a body. Don't, don't say your body. I am a body. In other words, I am just the body that you see. This is an illusion of you. You're not a you. You're just chemicals and you're just cells and you're just matter and you just you're just you. And by the way, when your body stops working, you stop existing. It's the illusion of you, right? Now, here's the thing. Like, you say, well, okay, I can, I can buy that. I'm just a body. There is no soul. There is no afterlife. There is nothing else. I'm just a body. Can I tell you something that's kind of unsettling? If that is true, it's this idea that when you're just matter, you don't really matter. i got to say it again because I think I lost some of you. 
When you're just matter, biology, chemical reactions, when you're just matter, you don't really matter. That's the conclusion. There's no purpose because there's no you. We're just bodies and your kids are just bodies. Your parents, your spouse, they're just bodies. There's no real meaning. It's just we're just matter and you don't matter. I, I've, been, I've been reading this book. Uh, someone told me about it. It's a fascinating book. It's called Finding God in the Waves. And uh, it's written by a guy named Mike McCargu. And... Um, it's a, it's a story uh, that he writes and tells about his journey of being a fundamentalist Christian, like Southern Baptist Convention, okay, Christian, that ends up losing his faith and becoming an atheist. And for two years, this is why I say this, for two years, he still operated in the church and no one knew because he didn't want to tell anybody, but he, he lost his faith. And then it's kind of the story about his journey back to faith that he found through science. And I don't totally agree with this guy where he is, and I don't... You necessarily agree with his version of Christianity and where he is, but that's fine. But, but in this, he talks about, and I was reading this, and he described the moment that he realized he didn't believe in God anymore. And what he said just kind of grabbed my attention. And I want to read to you just a, a small little excerpt from this that he said, because this is the illusion of you. This is, this is what you walk toward. And I'm not saying that's not true. I'm just saying it's kind of unsettling. Here's what he said he experienced. He said, without God, life had no objective purpose. And although those tough days I had pushed through believing that I served a higher purpose, that purpose was nothing but a com comforting self-delusion. My life was meaningless. So were the lives of my children and every person who had ever lived or ever would. It didn't matter what kind of husband or father I was because all my hard work would be erased when the sun exploded in four or five billion years. I felt a profound grief, an inking black darkness as I realized there was neither mission nor redemption for humanity. The universe was indifferent to us all. We were all just an accident of self-organizing principles of physics, mere quirks of gravity and chemistry. And this was it. This was the end of my search. Wow. See, you understand something. And I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying there's an illusion that you are more than just your body. That's an illusion if you push away from God. You're just matter, that matter that doesn't matter. Wow, I'm just saying. I'm not trying to say it's not true. Okay, now let me give you another one. Let me give you another one. Now this again, this is from atheists. I didn't come up with this. That is the illusion of free will. The illusion of free will. Do you realize if there is no God that created the universe, no God that was there, no God sustaining the universe. If there is no God, then our universe is directed, pushed around by the laws of physics. And we understand the laws of physics, right? You put something in motion, it stays in motion. We understand certain laws of physics. You can climb a tree and you slip out of the tree and you fall to the ground, you hit your head. Nobody's blaming God for that, right? Because there's gravity. These are laws of physics. Now listen, if you live in a world where there is no God, 
And everything is determined by cause and effect. This is what we live in, a world where everything, something happened, and that's why that happened. There's an answer for everything, cause and effect. Here's your basic belief system. There is no free will. There is no choice. Everything is already determined by physics. Your life is determined by physics. And that's it. And it's this term called determinism. Determinism, where basically says everything that happens, happens because of external causes of the will. You don't have a will. You don't have a God. There's no will. There's no choice in the matter. It just happens. Stephen Hawking, have you ever heard of Stephen Hawking by chance? He just passed away in March. Stephen Hawking was an atheist a brilliant, brilliant man. He was someone who battled Lou Gehrig's disease that really crippled his body and eventually took his speech. And um, he literally just died a couple weeks ago. And um, he, he talked about determinism because he's an atheist. He's a cosmologist. He's a theoretical physicist. I mean, way smarter than I could ever even imagine. Okay, it's got numbers, degrees, everything after his name. And it, one time he was talking about determinism, because this is a belief of the new atheists. Understand this concept. There's no God. Everything's been determined already. And, and, and he said a quote that I, I found, and I was like, this is fascinating. And it sounds like he's kind of making fun of his own belief structure. He's almost like making fun of this. And I wanted to read it to you. I just I found it fascinating. Here's what Stephen Hawking said. He said, I've noticed... That even people who claim that everything is predestined, atheists, everything's determined, and that we can do nothing to change it, look before they cross the road. Wait a minute. If everything's determined, what's going to happen is going to happen, and I have no say in it, and there's no choice in the matter. Then why bother? Why look when you cross the road? I guess some young people are going to be like, See, Mom, I told you. I'm... In other words, listen, there's an illusion of free will. You, without a God, you don't have the ability to choose. You're a result of physics. And everything you do, and some of you are thinking, wait a minute, come on, hold on. I know I make choices because we go to the ice cream place, and they're like, what do you want? I stand there forever and go, I don't know. And you struggle with it. Or some of you go, wait a minute, I was with this one girl, but I, I saw this other one, and I was like, I made the choice to break up, and we got married. I know I was making, like, but listen, if you're going to push away from a world where there is no God, you kind of don't have that option. It's already been determined. You don't have a free will. And so here's the good news if you do have that belief structure, right? The good news is next time you're standing in your closet for 10 minutes and thinking to yourself, I can't find anything to wear because you can't pick. And then eventually you pick something. Here's what you need to know. That was already predetermined that you were going to do that. So here's the thing. Don't bother wasting time. Just go in and grab something because it's already been predetermined. I guess what I'm trying to say, and I'm not trying to make fun. I'm just saying... Most of us would say, this is really an unlivable conclusion. Like, we don't live this way. It could be true, though, but it's kind of unsettling when you think about it in this regard. So, so you're telling me that everything's predetermined, then I'm not responsible for what I've done. 
I mean, I hurt you. Yeah, but I have no choice in the matter. Every person sitting on death row to say, I have no choice in the matter. It's the result of cause and effect and external forces and physics. I did not choose it. And so that's why we say, wait a minute, this seems unlivable. Yeah, but if you have a world without God, this is what you have, the illusion of free will. Let me give you the last one. And I think maybe the most significant. And that is the illusion of value. The illusion of value. You see, if, if we live in a universe where there is no God, and everything is just determined by physics, and then here's what you understand. There is no actual value on anything. No value. Like nothing is like, I can't bring value out. Look, I'm holding value. Look, this has got real value. If there's no God, there's no value. There's no real value. Why? Because everything is subjective. Do you realize the only reason why we say that's valuable and he's valuable and she's valuable is because we ascribe value to it. At some point, someone said gold is valuable. We ascribe it, but listen, if it's a world that is just chemicals and it's just molecules and it's just science, it's just physics, there is no real value except for what you and I want to say and subscribe and say there's value. Let me give you an example of this. You all heard of Bitcoin, right? Do you know Bitcoin has no real value? But it does have value. Bitcoin is a digital currency and there's nothing behind it. It's not like your dollars where someone says there's gold that backs up your dollars. Digital currency, Bitcoin is it's, it's someone who started this thing of a fake digital currency that some people came along and said, wait a minute, I'll accept that as value. And the moment they did that, it got value. And today people hold shares and people have Bitcoin and it's worth a lot of money, but it really isn't. It's just digital currency. It's, there's nothing substantive behind it. And so if there is no God, there's really no actual value. And here's the scary part. It becomes very subjective. Now let me give you an example of this in our country. In 1973, our judicial system made a determination that embryonic life before a certain point has no value. I'm talking about abortion. Our judicial system said that a fetus, before it reaches at least a certain point or certain things, that you are within your rights and it is legally acceptable and nothing will happen to you to end the embryonic life, to end the life of the fetus. At a certain point before it's born, because what they did was they said it has no value. It's not really life. Now, I don't know how that sits with you. You might be for abortion, you might be against abortion, whatever it is. I'm just telling you that in a world where there's no God, there is no value. You should also understand if you're for abortion, this is why so many religious people or people who believe in God have a problem with it is because we believe that there is a God and if there is a God, he authored life. And if he authors and creates life, then for us to, to say that it has no value is wrong. And, and so listen, there's this, there's this weird space you get into, this illusion of value. There is no value. And here's what that means. It means that there is, it's an, morality is an illusion. Oh, by the way, 
And justice, as we know it, is an illusion. We all want justice. Justice is an illusion. There's no value. There's no justice. And we live in a world where today everything is becoming super subjective. Don't tell me that your religion is the way. Don't tell me that your truth is the only truth. We, we, today it's accepted. You say you have a truth and I've got a truth and we can have our own truth and let's coexist. I understand that. But here's the thing. We take that in all these other areas, but no one wants to take that when it comes to justice. Hey, your justice, that's your justice. And my justice is my justice. You, we don't live that way. Because you know what? When someone hurts you or someone steals from you, you call on some higher value system or justice and you say, wait, that's not fair. You can't do that to me. And so when there's no value and there's no God and there's no justice, listen, then ultimately it's subjective. And I can say what I value and you can say what you value, but don't tell me what is of justice. And we, we don't really live this way, even if you don't believe in God, right? Because if there is no God, can I say this? There is no fair. There's no fair. We're science. We're chemicals. We're matter. It's been determined. It's an illusion. There, there is no, there's no fair. And so listen, the very next time, if you're someone that's here and you go, I don't know that I believe in God or I'm an atheist or I'm a nun. Listen, the next time you see something or something happens, you go, wait a minute, that's not fair. Understand that you're appealing to some higher power or value system that does not exist. Now listen, that might be true. But it's also kind of unsettling. The illusion of you the illusion of value, the illusion when it comes to all of these things, like a free will. Let's, I'm not saying they're not true. I'm just saying you've got to understand this one simple truth. You can't walk away from something to nothing. You can't walk away from something to no thing. You can't do that. This past week, I, I spent a lot of time just reading some deconversion stories people that, that wrestled with things and then they chose to walk away and had this moment where they'd say I don't believe in God anymore and it's always a crazy experience for people and they feel great pain and loss and here's the thing if you're walking away or thinking about walking away from religion from God because there's things that you can't figure out there's things that you can't kind of connect the dots there's some things about God or about the religion that's kind of unsettling. I understand that. And I'm not here to say it's not unsettling. But that's not what determines whether it's true or not. And I'm not really convinced or sure, I know you might be able to say, that you can live in between a world where you say, wait, I'm not saying there is no God, but I'm not saying there is a God. I'm not really sure that's a real space. I know we made a box and I know we made a category, but Something has to give you your lens to see life. And they're so far apart, I, I don't know. Hey, listen, here's what I want you to understand. And that, that Jesus said some things that were very unsettling. I, I do believe that. Okay? In fact, I wanted to close with this, this one story. It's a narrative from an account of Jesus by one of his close friends, John. And... One time Jesus was with a crowd of people 
And he said some things that honestly were really unsettling. Here's what Jesus said. Now, again, they didn't have context for all this, like many of us do that have been in church. And he said they, they were real hungry, and he had done a miracle about bread, and they came to him again. And, and he said this. He said, the bread you're looking for, he said, I am the bread of life that comes from heaven. Here's a claim. Every religion's like, wait, Jesus is a good man. Hold on, hold on. He said, I came from heaven. And he said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you do not have life or eternal life in you. And you know what John said when he said those words? Because they didn't understand it and they think, whoa, I don't get this unsettling. Are you talking about cannibalism? What is going on? And they didn't have the context that we have. It says that many of his followers walked away and didn't follow him anymore. They didn't understand he's talking about his body that would be a sacrifice. And they didn't understand about communion and the way people could respond and reflect. They didn't get that. It was unsettling. I'm, what I'm trying to say is there are things in every religious system, everything that is kind of unsettling when you don't understand it. So at the end, Jesus looks at his 12, his closest, and he says to him, he says, are you going to leave too? You want to walk away? And I want you to hear real quick, just two verses, what Peter Simon Peter said in response to Jesus when he asked that question, because he understood what I've been trying to say today. He said, and he replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You can't walk away from something to nothing. Peter understood this. He said, you have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know that you are the Holy One of God. So, I don't know where you land with God, with religion, with faith, belief in Him. And you might be in a place where you say, I don't know. Listen, I want you to keep coming back. You're welcome here. And I know some of you are waiting for, okay, Pastor, what's the answer? There isn't one. But if you're going to walk away from religion, you're going to walk away from God. Listen, you can't live in an empty space. You're walking towards something else that's complex and it's got its own things that are really unsettling. And so, listen, here's what my prayer, here's what my hope is for you. My hope, no matter where you land on this, is that you will experience God in a real way. Sometimes my mind wants to figure it out and I want all answers, but I'm going to tell you this. I have had moments where I experienced God that was so undeniable that it gave me the faith to believe in him. But hey, you come back next week for that. We're going to talk about faith and science. And I hope that maybe this will begin the conversation you'll have with somebody about your doubts. You can share that with us and, and we're going to love you and, and, and we want to talk. Let's talk about it. Okay. Amen. Let me pray for us today. If we could bow our heads and close our eyes and God, um, I, I want to just say, I believe that there are probably many people in our church who come, maybe have been invited that say, I, I don't know that I believe in a God. And, and I, I don't think one little talk is enough to convince. And I'm not trying to do that. But God, I pray that if, if you would just show yourself real, that God, maybe they could begin to have faith. So Lord, I, I pray that as... There are many in our country, our nation that are wrestling with this. God, I pray that we would know how to have conversations. And I pray that we would know how to live at peace and show your love. 
Because God, I believe your love is real. And it's changed my life. And I, I pray that God, it would change the lives of every person we come in contact with. God, we thank you for this time we've had today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Come on, let's thank God for just our time today. Amen.